felt like someone took a shake weight to the Pac-12 over the weekend because holy shakeups, Batman, let's go. Our Locked On Pac-12, your daily podcast on the Pac-12 Conference. It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome, everybody, to another episode of Locked On Pack 12. I'm your host, Spencer McLaughlin. Thanks so much for making this your first listen or your first view of the day. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your number one source to stay up to date with the Conference of Champions. Like, comment, subscribe, please, if you haven't already, wherever you listen to or watch the show. Shout out to everybody who has done so already. Today's episode brought to you by Sling TV. Don't miss this week's matchup. All across the Pac-12. You got the Battle of LA, everything else you need if you're a Pac-12 football fan. Sling the TV you love for a price you'll love. Try it today. Holy smokes, what a weekend. By the way, if you hear that annoyingly calming sound in the background, it's the waves crashing. I am in uh, Maui right now, just to make you a little bit jealous. But I tell you, he's not jealous. Washington and Arizona fans, they are jealous of no soul at this particular point in time because they are the undisputed, huge, gargantuan, blow-away winners of Saturday. If there was a category that could go above the usual winners, lean win, no opinion, lean lose, and losers rankings, Washington and Arizona feel like they would be in that category. I want to start with the Huskies. Michael Penix and Kalen DeBoer. That's a heck of a combo. That's a heck of a combo, man. I don't think I have to tell us the Washington fans, but everybody else should know. Washington's got their guy as a coach. And if they can get Penix to come back and steer him away from the NFL draft, that'd be a good move for the Huskies. Because Penix, once again, the nation's leading passer. Even if you were higher on him than I was coming into the year, did you think he'd be the leading passer in the country right now? He's been absolutely dynamite for the Huskies. And he was really, really good. That offensive line gave him a bunch of time a bunch of time to throw the football and Oregon's defense didn't do enough, but Washington's offense got to give them their due credit because they did a lot of things really, really well. And on Friday's show, I talked about how the game would play out. I said, you don't try to, you know, limit the possessions. You don't, you just got to win in a shootout. And that's what they did. They went to Onsen stadium. They win in a shootout. And I credit Kalen DeBoer because I came in on Friday's show and said, if Washington's going to win this game, it's not because he suddenly had a bunch of balance. It's not because you ran for 200 yards and Michael Penix only threw No, you're going to score a bunch of points on the left arm of Michael Penix, and you're going to throw the ball, throw the ball, and when you were done throwing, you were going to throw some more. Every time Washington ran the ball in that game, it felt like, did you have to do that? They actually ran it over five yards of carry, but they didn't do it a lot. A lot of coaches, and this is where DeBoer was just so, so smart. He and Ryan Grubb are a really, really good tandem. A lot of coaches that are striving for balance or want to run the football a little bit more would see that number of over five yards of carry and say, well, why aren't we running the football more? Well, they didn't run it effectively in certain situations. They came up short on a number of third and shorts when they went to the ground. But they caught Oregon off guard a couple times, kept them balanced, kept them, or kept them on, on their toes, so to speak, with the ground game. It was enough of a threat to where the passing game, psh, over 400 yards. Yeah, long touchdown. Defense made a stop when it needed to. Michael Penix delivers a throw. Defense makes a stop again when Oregon goes for it on their own side of the field. Think whatever you want of that decision. I thought it was the right call because Oregon had run the ball so well. Running back just slipped. Washington takes advantage. But the game plan from Kalen DeBoer 
was exactly what I thought it needed to be for them to get the win, and they executed it to a T. Because you go in, and you're playing a team like Oregon that is humming. They are rolling. And you're going to look at your defense and say, look, they've done some nice things at times this year. But are we really anticipating that they're going to hold Oregon to even under 30 points? Held them under 40 points for the first time since the Georgia game. I think you have to be pleased with that at some level. But I think the reason that Oregon was held under 40 points in this game, 37-34 the final, is because of what Washington did on offense. They had this unique balance. It was like an old-school Stanford game almost where you play ball possession. That opening drive for a touchdown, Bo Nix sat there on the sideline for, what, six and a half, seven minutes? I mean, he was just sitting there watching. Nothing he could do. But Kalen DeBoer and that offensive staff deserve a lot of credit because usually if you come out and are throwing the ball that much, you're thinking up-tempo, you're thinking big explosive plays, which they did get in the second half for some touchdowns in what was an unbelievable third quarter. I mean, just from a college football fan's perspective, that was an unbelievable third quarter. He had 35 points. It was back and forth, back and forth. It, it was it was really, really awesome. That blue thing on my wrist is for the, the hotel that we're staying at, by the way, if you notice that on YouTube. But I, I think that what they did offensively, the way that they threw the ball, they were pass heavy. They stuck to what they did well. They exploited what Oregon struggles with, but they didn't give the Ducks offense a lot of time. There were stretches where Washington was just on the field offensively, and sometimes that's the best recipe for success on the defensive side of the ball. I was really, really impressed with that coaching staff. And I, I think DeBoer showed this a year ago at Fresno State too. His in-game coaching chops, decision-making, play-calling, having his guys ready for any particular moment, he's really good. He's really, really good. And it looks like, you know, based on what, what we've seen so far, it's still very early, of course. He's going to be able to recruit there at a top 20, top 25 level. If you're the Pac-10 right now which is what it is there have been a lot of talks about san diego state nothing's been official so we'll, we'll hold off on covering that here on the show but if you're george klyovkov and you're looking at the viability of the conference you need oregon to be good you need washington to be good you want utah to be good and then you need one more team that can consistently be in the top 25 and maybe have you know a top 10 caliber season every now and then kind of like what ucla is right now it, maybe that's oregon state which by the way Beavs should 100% be in the top 25. If they are not, I will come on here and I will raise hell because that would be straight up wrong. They barely lost to Washington on the road with a backup quarterback. Barely lost. Could have easily won the game. Oregon State fans probably feel they should have won the game. And they are now 7-3. and three. The Pac-12 should have six. Count them. One, two, three, four, five, and six teams ranked in the college football playoff. Top 25 when the rankings come out tomorrow. And if it's not, I'm going to be very upset. I'm going to be very upset. But Washington is the biggest winner of the week. Not far behind them. How about the Arizona Wildcats? I didn't think that game would be close. I thought it was a brutal stretch for Arizona. It was. And you know what? Sometimes iron sharpens iron. And Arizona went through a gauntlet of a stretch. Literally as tough as it could be in the Pac-12. You played UCLA here the, on Saturday, but before that, you had Utah, you had USC, you had Oregon. Who was the other team they had in there? I don't even remember. And, uh, and Washington. Washington was the other team. Literally, the, 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 the five best teams in the Pac-12, you played them in order. I didn't expect them to get any of those wins. I didn't think they would. 
They went into the Rose Bowl as a 20-point underdog. And did you see the smile on Jed Fish's face after Arizona emerged victorious? Did you see how much it meant to Jaden Delora? On the one hand, you all probably know by now if you've listened to me for a while, I'm a big DTR fan. The guy loves football. He loves UCLA. My heart broke for him that they won't get to the college football playoff. Their path to the Rose Bowl is tougher. All that, I felt that. But on the other hand, I'm a big Jaden Delora fan too. And that guy wasn't really wanted by the new staff at Washington State. He found a home. He has been at the centerpiece of this rebuild. And look at the Arizona Wildcats. Look at the position that Arizona is in. It is incredible what they have done in year two under Jed Fish. And that position that they're in right now, I didn't think they would be. But they're there. And it's a really interesting final couple games for Arizona. I'll tell you just what they've got on the line after I talk to you all about upside. Inflation has us all thinking about different ways to cut back, whether it's driving less, dining out less, buying less from the grocery store. We're all trying to find ways to cut back. Upside is a great way to do that. To get started getting your money back now from inflation, download the free Upside app, use my promo code LOCKED, and get $5 more cash back on your first purchase of $10 or more. Next, claim an offer for whatever you're buying on Upside. Check in at the business, pay as usual the credit or debit card, and get paid. Download the free Upside app, use promo code LOCKED to get $5 or more cash back on your first purchase of $10 or more. That's simple. $5 or more cash back on your first purchase of $10 or more using promo code LOCKED. I thought the Arizona Wildcats, in addition to Oregon State, were two of the easiest overbets for their preseason win total. Arizona was two and a half. I didn't think they would. I, I thought they would only be three and nine, but I definitely thought they would be there. And I thought they'd come close to getting a fourth, maybe a fifth win. But I, I thought it would be a three to four win season. Here they are sitting at four with two with two games remaining on the schedule, two winnable games, might I add. I thought Oregon State was a really easy over. But the Arizona Wildcats are in a position to go bowling if they win their last two games. Are you kidding me? Arizona a season ago was not just a bottom feeder. They were what Colorado is this year. Think about that. They were a season ago this year's Colorado. Imagine if next season Colorado had an opportunity, a legitimate one, a realistic one, to go to a bowl game. It'd be immaculate. It'd be incredible. That's what Arizona is doing right now. It's, it's, it's amazing what Jed Fish is doing. They've completely fixed the offense. They've completely fixed it. But the biggest thing for Arizona in this game, the defense. The defense showed up. You held Dorian Thompson-Robinson and UCLA on their home field to 28 points? The same field where they dropped 40 on Washington? The same field that they're going to play USC this week and I still think will beat the Trojans? That is mighty impressive. I mean, you did this on the road. You did this on the road. That is just a monumental upset in the Pac-12. Shakes up the Pac-12 picture, no doubt. But Washington and Arizona fans waking up today and really all week long until their next game is played, good vibes only. The Wildcats could get to a bowl game. They've got Washington State and Arizona State. And I think Arizona is a better team than ASU right now. And Washington State, Cougars are rolling. We'll talk more about that game as the week goes on. But if you're Arizona, you enjoy this one. 
you enjoy this one because you deserved it, because you earned it. You, they fought for it, man. They, you saw it when they were 1-11 a year ago. They were in several games. They were competitive. They fought. They played hard. They just didn't have the guys. Now they're starting to get in there. T-Mac is a true freshman. Jaden Delora has several years of eligibility left. It's at least two, might be three. I'd have to double check, but regardless, that's your guy. He's not bolting early for the NFL draft. That's your guy. He's only going to grow in this offense. You need a couple more defensive pieces, but you certainly took a step forward or showed glimpses of taking a step forward if you're the Wildcats on that side of the ball and Johnny Nansen is the defensive coordinator. I think that's massive to hold an explosive red-hot Bruins team, maybe not as hot as they were before the Oregon loss, but still, who I think is a really good team. I still think UCLA is good. They just had a bad day. I think they just overlooked Arizona. I think they overlooked the Wildcats the same way that I did. I thought they'd cover 19 and a half at home. I thought it'd be like 45 to 20, 45, 23, 24. And that. Nope. Arizona made plays when they needed to. Jaden Delore was clutch. They converted some fourth downs. He spreads the ball around exceptionally well. He gets the ball to tight end, gets the ball to running backs every now and then. He's got three great receivers. I love what Jed Fish is doing. And gosh, it's just when a program gets so down like they did a year ago, seeing what a win like that means to them and the promise that it brings to those fans in Tucson is exceptional. It's exceptional. And it's pure college football happiness. That smile on Jed Fish's face after the game you can't script that stuff. You can't make it up. That's as genuine of an ear-to-ear smile as you will see from a head coach. Is awesome. Arizona and Washington, the two biggest winners of the week. And it wasn't particularly close. Now, there is another outright winner. There is another outright winner from this weekend's crazy, crazy slate of games. Washington, Oregon, crazy game. Arizona-UCLA, crazy game. Pac-12 after dark. <laughs> Delivers every time. <laughs> I mean, Oregon-Washington wasn't Pac-12 after dark in the traditional sense, but it was under the lights by the time the game ended. Good enough for me. You turn the lights out and, uh, or turn the daylight out and turn the lights on in this conference. <sighs> Boy, crazy stuff ensues. How about USC? Yeah, not their best game. They played, what, their C-plus game? B-minus at best? And they rolled Colorado. That's where the buffs are right now. That's just reality of playing Colorado. If you're a team like USC, you don't have to play your best football to win that game. And so when the weekend started, because that was the Friday night game, I had USC in the no opinion category. Because I was like, yeah, it's about what I expected. You know, if USC doesn't play well, they're still going to win comfortably. But then Arizona beat UCLA and Washington beat Oregon. And now you look up and, oh, would you look at that? USC, which did not before Saturday's games began, controls its own fate to get to the Pac-12 championship game. And now they're the Pac-12's only hope at getting into the college football playoff. They're the only one. UCLA, two losses. Oregon, two losses. Utah, two losses. Bye. This is not the SEC. USC is the only chance. USC is the only chance. And now, like clockwork, it looks like the Pac-12 has cannibalized itself too much to get into the playoff. And this weekend, a perfect example of that. The Bruins were still alive, make no mistake. The Ducks were very much alive, might have even controlled their own path, but they couldn't knock off Washington. 
And I think it just speaks to the depth of the conference right now. It's just a really deep conference. I think you're going to have six teams ranked, and you're going to have Washington State. If they beat Arizona, would be 7-4 and four after this week and playing some good football. <sighs> a lot of good teams in this conference. And the fact that Arizona – I don't think it was a matter of UCLA being bad. I thought Arizona just played a good game. Did UCLA play their best? No, they did not. They were sloppy. They had some drops. They didn't execute in key moments. All of that can fairly be criticized on, on Chip Kelly and the Bruins. But you also have to give I, – I give more credit to Arizona than I do take away my opinion of UCLA. They did not have their best game, and Arizona was ready to pounce. And the Wildcats deserve a lot of credit for that. So USC, Arizona, Washington, the big outright winners – Wildcats and Huskies definitely above the Trojans a little uh, of of week what was that eleven I don't know I've lost track we all I think that was week eleven yeah so oh man so much great stuff let's get to the lean win department because there were a number of teams here there were a number of teams in the lean win department a lot of teams had really good weeks a couple teams had some pretty bad weeks too we're gonna get to that today here on the show. Let me start with a lean win here that, that may come as a surprise. You may hear, hear this right off the top and say, what are you talking about? Lean win. And this is, again, I call it winners and losers. You could call it the fan mood tracker. Whatever. Whatever works. Colorado Buffaloes. Yeah, they got blown out. Yeah, they didn't cover a big spread. Yeah, I know. But did you watch the game? Did you watch how long USC... Had their fans sitting on their seats going, uh, what's, uh, what's going on here? We're losing three to two? Huh? Huh? What is, what's, what's going on there? It was legitimately a game if the Buffs offense had been able to convert a couple of drives in the third quarter. USC had a lead, wasn't a runaway, wasn't a blowout. You weren't putting the reserves in. And if you're Colorado, putting up a fight like that for that long, that's about as well as you could play. That's about as well as you could have played on the road. Eventually, the Trojans' talent and superior coaching got the better of you. Of course it did. We all knew that that would happen. But if you're the Buffs, I give you a lean win right there when you go and put up that effort. Don't just look at the final scores. Got to watch the games, understand what took place there. I thought that was a rock-solid showing from Colorado. Two more teams, which continue to be closely associated with one another, dating back to the stuff I talked about in the preseason. But anyway, uh, they're in the lean win department as well. I will tell you which two after I remind you that this week's thrilling moment in college football is brought to you by Nissan. The thrilling designs behind the new, new lineup from Nissan are intended to empower drivers and vehicles as capable as the driver themselves. When I think of unbelievable abilities on the field for this week's thrilling moment, it has to be the 10-0 run by the Washington Huskies in four minutes to snatch the lead away from the Ducks. Their win percentage in their home stadium, in front of the home fans at Austin, 23-game home winning streak, was at 92%, and Washington pulled the rug right out from underneath them. Long touchdown from Penix. Peyton Henry gets revenge after what happened in 2018 when the Ducks and Huskies squared off, and he missed what would have been the game winner. Oregon won the game in overtime. That's a big-time moment. This segment has been inspired by the thrilling new designs featured across Nissan's new lineup of vehicles. Pursue what thrills you in the all-new Frontier, Armada, or Pathfinder today. Available now at NissanUSA.com. 
those two teams that just continue to pop up together here and there. And before the season, I said, you know, that game where Oregon State and Washington State square off, that, uh, that may decide who's got the better record at the end of the year. Oh, well, what do you know? Oregon State's at 7-3. and three. Washington State's at 6-4. and four. They both won convincingly over the weekend. Again, do not be fooled by the score. It was 28 to nothing before the Sun Devils mounted a comeback and they were the one Pac-12 prime pick I hit this week. Maybe they should just keep picking the Cougars. I am I'm 3 or 4-0 and oh when I put Washington State in the Pac-12 prime picks because I can't seem to get anything else, but I seem to have a good feel for the Cougars and where they're going to be on a week-to-week basis. But Washington State now is six and four. Hmm. I remember when they were four and four, a particular show host, I don't remember which one, said, Hey, I think they've got a really good chance to end the year seven and five, maybe even eight and four. And they dominated Arizona State at home. Thought they would, and they did. And now they go at Arizona, who's riding high off of the big win. You got to do it on the road. But if you win that game, you'd have the Apple Cup for an eight win season in Pullman which I believe is already sold out, sign me up for that game. Frankly, regardless. And the Cougs going bowling, that's always a good thing for Washington State. So that puts them in the lean win department. But they have played the last two weeks how a good team plays. And I think they're a little better than the record indicates. But now you look at it and you go, hmm, six and four. That's a pretty good team. Oh, yeah, they won at Wisconsin. That's right. Oh, wait, they could have beaten Oregon. Some would say should have beaten Oregon. They had a 12-point lead with about, what, four or five minutes to go, whatever it was. They let it slip away. How would you feel about Washington State if they were 7-3 and three right now? Think about those sorts of things. That game against Arizona is really, really fascinating. Oregon State at home, again, very good. Great defense. Offense was there. That's how a good team looks at home against Cal, who, by the way, are in the lean-lose category. I'll get to them, but they have finally made the decision that is about two years overdue to move on from Bill Musgrave. They got rid of their offensive line coach as well, but Justin Wilcox will now be on the look this offseason for a new offensive coordinator. If you are a Cal fan, that is great news because Musgrave was not cutting it. He had not been cutting it for some time, and Wilcox finally made the switch. That's a great, that, that's a great move if you're Cal, and now all eyes for them on the big game. By the I love Cal this week uh, against against Stanford. But in the lean win department this week, just to recap, Colorado, Oregon State, Washington State. Feeling good. Not, you know, mile high, unbelievable, great vibes, big win, anything like that. But like, hey, I saw some good things here. And all those teams should be able to acknowledge that. Uh, no opinion this week. Three teams, Utah, Stanford, Arizona State. Each of their games, Utah and Stanford playing the same one, of course, played out exactly how I thought they would. I was on Locked on Utes last week talking with uh, my guy, J.T. Wistersill, and I said, yeah, I don't, I don't know how Stanford's going to stop Utah. It took until the second half, but then, yeah, they ran away big time and covered that 24-point spread. Should have put them in the prime picks, but, you know, been that kind of season. Uh, Arizona State, nice that they put up a fight at the end, but did I expect them to go into Pullman and compete? No. Did they? No. So I have no opinion on them. Stanford, same sort of thing. Lean lose. Cal. Cal gets the lean-lose label this week, almost bumped up to no opinion because they are now retooling their offensive staff, and that's a direction that, that they need to go. I'm okay keeping Wilcox as the head coach because it'd be expensive to pay his buyout after that contract extension. You need a new offensive coordinator. But the week prior is why Cal gets the lean-lose label this week, though I didn't expect them to win. 
I thought they'd hang around more than this. I thought they'd be able to score a little bit more. Not a lot, but a little bit more. Their, their defense also didn't have their best statistical showing. But they went at USC and put up 35 points, brought it down to the wire, and that gives you some optimism. But then you come out and you're not competitive. Yeah, that's a, that's a lean lose. You know, not, not, not a disaster, not falling off a cliff or anything like that or feeling super, super down compared to their expectations. But that's a lean lose. Also lean lose, the Pac-12 prime picks. I continue to feel Washington State well, but I thought Cal would keep it close. They did not. I thought UCLA would win big. They lose outright at home. Uh, so another one and two, another one and two showing there. Run out of chances, get over uh, 500. Hopefully, bowl season can maybe salvage me a, a little bit there. But the two losers of the week: Oregon, UCLA. Now for Oregon, this stings double. Number one, you are out of the college football playoff picture. They are still very much in the mix and control their own destiny to get to the Pac-12 championship game. They could lose another one and get in. Then they would need some help. You've now got more pressure on the final two games. But the reason that this is in the big-time losers category is because you lost at home and you lost to your bitter rival. Doesn't feel good. It doesn't feel good, and that's a game you always remember. Feels even better to win. Feels even worse to lose every single time. They probably, you can say they should have won the game, had a great opportunity to win the game at the end is the very least that you could say. They have a second and five, up by four, inside Washington's 10 or 15-yard line, and they have a bad snap and a predictable play call on third down, and they settle for three. If they punch that in the end zone, game's over. They punch it into the end zone, game's over. They had a chance, and then their defense had a chance, and the defense was just horrible. It was really, really bad. No other way to see it. No other way to talk about it. It was a horrible defensive showing for Oregon, especially at home. Like, that, that makes it sting even extra. You lose that way to Washington on the road, that's one thing. But in front of the home fans, defense has got to be able to make a stop. And they just could not get Michael Penix and company off the field. So Ducks, definitely, for the first time since the Georgia game, an outright loser this week. And their college football playoff hopes are done. They could still get to the championship game in the Rose Bowl. But now they've got Utah and Oregon State. And those are two good teams. Not easy games upcoming for Dan Lanning and company. Another outright loser, UCLA. The stars were aligning for the Bruins to make this their season. And now they need help to get to the Pac-12 championship game. They need Oregon to beat Utah because they've got two conference losses. It just, all the stars were kind of aligning for UCLA. It felt that way. You got a fifth-year quarterback. You got an NFL caliber running back. You got some really good transfers. Like, their offensive personnel next year is going to take a step back no matter what. Like, this this was your year. And it still could be. It still could be the year UCLA breaks through, gets to the Pac-12 championship game, maybe wins it, goes to the Rose Bowl. It's still on the table. But losing that game at home, you shouldn't have lost that game. It was eerily reminiscent of the Fresno State game from a year ago. You just had one at home where it was a letdown, a game you should win where you're heavily favored and you just couldn't quite make enough plays in critical slots. And it felt like everything was tabulating up for UCLA to do it, and now they need a lot of help. They're not out of it. I'm not here to spell all doom and gloom for Bruins fans, but I'm saying you should have won that game. I think UCLA fans know that. And now the season that, that had it all, right? I mean, everything was going the way you needed it to. 
Yeah, so you lost at Oregon. Winning at Oregon's really, really hard. It's why Washington's one of the biggest outright winners of the week. Heck, it's one of the biggest outright winner moods of the season I've had for a particular fan base here on the show. Because it's really tough to win at Autzen Stadium. You lose that game, but you gotta be able to at home against an Arizona team that should not have been able to hold you under 40 points, do better than that, and their defense wasn't great. But it still should have been enough to win. It was the offense that came up short. Not everything's lost for UCLA, but that that another disappointing. You just feel like they're right there on the cusp of really getting into that next tier. And they just couldn't quite do it. So much great stuff. Tons more to get to this week. And you know I'll still be doing it. Even here from my hotel room in Maui. Appreciate everyone listening. See you next time and have a wonderful rest of your day.